Good morning. It is wonderful to have you each here this morning. And we begin our service by singing the doxology, which is found in the red hymnal, number 549. The doxology, number 549. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him all creatures here below. Praise Him all is hymn number 637. Lord, our Master, how great is your name in the earth. Your praise is cast through the sky. From the mouths of babes and infants, you have called forth strength despite foes, silencing enemies and avengers. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have created, why should you notice a human? Why should you make use of man? You have made him almost like God and crowned him with glory and honor. You gave him command of all your works. You have placed it at all his feet, the sheep, the oxen, all of them. Yes, even the beasts of the field, the birds in the sky, the fish in the sea, swimming the paths of the ocean. Lord, our master, how great is your name in the earth. Amen. Our first hymn this morning is I Love to Tell the Story, number 205. I Love to Tell the Story, number 205. Thank you. 
hungering and thirsting to hear it like the rest. And when it seems of glory, I sing the new, new song. Twill be the old, old story that I have loved so long. I love to tell the story. Will be my fame and glory to tell the old, old story of Jesus and his love. Please be seated. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Our gracious God, Lord, we come before you with the needs and requests that we have in our lives. And Lord, we are facing different types of challenges, and God, we just need to be reassured of your presence in our lives. And God, you've reminded us again and again that the Holy Spirit is there with us always. That in the person of the Holy Spirit, God, we ask right now that you would give us that discernment and that understanding and that faith that we need to have to pray to you the way that we should committing all of those concerns and needs and challenges that we have. And Lord, as we face them, I would ask that you would give us courage, but along with that courage that you would give us love and compassion and charity to ourselves and to all those that we come in contact with, because God, you command us to do that, because in obedience it is in our best interest to love each other the way that you love us. And Lord, we make that commitment to you right now. Lord, we think of family members and friends, that they too are going through many challenges and they are trying to make commitments and they're trying to have understanding of the situations that they are in. And Lord, that we would ask that you would give them the same wisdom and discernment that we are asking for. As they seek your will, so do we in all that we ask you. Lord, we think of the patients here, we think of the staff that are working, the family members that will be visiting. Lord, we lift them up to you in the same way. And God, I would ask that as we pray and as we enjoy this time of worship, that we would think always of your presence and that you are here with us, guiding us. And Lord, it is part of that act of worship that we commit it to right now. And God, we are so thankful that you taught us to pray by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for praying with me this morning. Our next hymn is number 207, Tell Me the Old, Old Story. Yeah. 
sing that one very often, and it shows. <laughs> Please be seated. Before we begin this morning, I put something in the bulletin that I think is important, because a couple of weeks ago I was asked this from one of the people that came to the chapel service. And just let me read it to you. Romans 10, 9 through 10. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. And so I included a prayer in the bulletin this morning, and let me read it to you. Dear God, I know that I am a sinner, and there is nothing I can do to save myself. I confess my complete helplessness to forgive my own sin or to work my way to heaven. At this moment, I trust Christ alone as the one who bore my sin when he died on the cross. I believe that he did all that will ever be necessary for me to stand in your holy presence. I thank you that Christ was raised from the dead and as a guarantee of my own resurrection. As best as I can, I now transfer my trust to him I am grateful that he has promised to receive me despite my sins and failures. Father, I take you at your word. I thank you that I can face death now, that you are my Savior. Thank you for your assurance that you will walk with me through the deep valley. Thank you for hearing this prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. And I share that with you because it posed a question to me, and I went and looked at some things And I found this prayer, and I think it's something that I have found myself actually saying this prayer on a daily basis, because it reminds me of the commitment that I have with God through Jesus Christ. So I wanted to share that with you this morning, and it was something that the Lord has laid on my heart. And I hope you embrace that, and that you accept it in a way that it has been received to me in terms of understanding God's love. We good? Make sense? Okay. Our scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Romans, chapter 12, beginning with verse 9. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourselves, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Let us pray. Our gracious God, God, I am so thankful that you've given us this opportunity to come and worship. And Lord, I would ask that we would continue that act of worship And Lord, we know that you've already heard our prayers, the joyful noises that we have sung together, and we can sense your presence here this morning in our own individual lives. Thank you, Lord, in Christ's name. Amen. Uh, One of the things that I still do is I'm still practicing as a soldier, as a chaplain in the Army National Guard. And last weekend, and that's why I wasn't here, last Sunday, one of the things that I was a part of was part of a panel discussion about 
finding spiritual resilience and what that means. And so in our panel, we had an atheist slash agnostic, we had a rabbi, we had an imam, we had a Latter-day Saint, we had a Protestant pastor, we had a Roman Catholic priest, and we had a Buddhist with us. And we gave them the question in advance so they could prepare, and the focus of the questions was basically this. In terms of your belief system, what can you offer or what has helped you, and in doing so, do you think what has helped you can help other people be spiritually resilient? And they all gave wonderful answers. In fact, there was a sense of unity, and I will say that. There was a sense of unity on the panel. There wasn't any kind of argument. There wasn't any kind of fighting. In fact, each of the panelists actually complimented some of the other religious faiths and beliefs in terms of how they had responded to the question in a very positive way. Now, part of that, I've, I had a takeaway that wow, wouldn't it be nice if the rest of the world <laughs> could get along with the religious differences that they have as this panel discussion had with each other. But the focus was the whole idea of hope. And if I could summarize what the main emphasis was, is that hope that is provided. And somebody that's involved in the leadership chain that I am a part of with the National Guard has said over and over again that hope is not a plan. Now, I understand what he is saying, that hope is not a plan. In other words, if we think that God wants us to do a certain thing or if we think that God is leading us in a certain direction, that yes, by all means, we are to have hope, but hope is not a plan. Does that make sense? In other words, we need to do what we need to do in our own individual lives. We need to have a plan. So if God is wanting you to do something, there needs to be something in place that God can work with and that God can work through. I think that's what he means. I hope that's what he means. So the question I have for myself this morning and for each and every one of you is what is your hope and does that hope that you have include a plan? Plan meaning that you understand that your hope is in God. That God has put us wherever we are in the different circumstances that we find ourselves in to minister to other people. But I think before we can even do that, we need to understand that God wants us to be ministered to ourselves. And he does that through the presence of his Holy Spirit. He does it by the presence that he has in your life. So I ask myself this question, and you as well, because I follow the, Soc the Socratic method of learning, right? You're always wanting to ask questions. Does your hope include God? Does your plan include God? And is the Spirit of God present in your life? Is the Holy Spirit present in your life? Because I look at the different circumstances, that challenges that I have on a regular basis, and God has reminded me specifically over the last couple of weeks that my hope and my trust 
needs to be not in me, not in my own abilities, not how I think I can control certain circumstances, but my hope is doing those things that God has wanted me to do, showing his love to others, and to allow God to fulfill his plan for my life. And I think first and foremost, for me to truly have the Spirit of God in my life, I need to have the love that God wants me to have. Not what I think my love should be, because my love is conditional, isn't it? If we truly think about the love that we have for other people, if we think of it in terms of our own love, the love that we show to others is conditional. God says that the love that we need to have for our, each other and also for ourselves is unconditional because God loves us unconditionally. That's why he sent his son Jesus Christ to die for our sins and our failures. And it is because of that unconditional love that it is truly something that is supernatural. And I cannot love that way, you cannot love that way, unless the Holy Spirit is present in your life. But you have to make room for the presence of God in your life. You have to truly pour yourself out and get rid of those things in your life that are the wrong concepts, are the wrong ideas of hope, the wrong ideas of love. And we're not going to be perfect in that process. As much as we want to be objective, as much as we want to say, God, I have allowed you to come into my life and everything that represents you is there, and Lord, I have purged myself of all those things that you want me to get rid of. We know that that's not going to happen because we know it's a work in progress. Because there's always going to be some type of subjectivity that we do where we want to maintain a little peace and we want to take a little bit of it back. And I think within that process, we just need to be honest and open about it. God, is this something that I'm holding back? Is this a certain situation that I'm holding on to? Is this a certain situation that I am trying to control and manipulate? Because God knows us. He knows you. He knows me. He knows the things that we hold on to. There are some things in our lives, oh yeah, we can give up that, and we can give up this, and... And God, you know, oh yeah, I give you that. that. That's okay. That's really not that big a deal for me. But Lord, don't go here. Lord, don't start sending your Holy Spirit in this area in my life because God, I, I kind of like this idea, area. This is, this is my thing. This is, this is my abode. And God says, no, no, no. That's, that's not how it works. That's not how the plan works in my life. That's not how my love works in your life. For our own story tells us that if we want to have the things in our life the way that God wants us to have, is we just need to empty ourselves out to him. And the way that we do that is just the surrender. And it's a daily process. It's an everyday process. Because we want to hold things back. The other day I was trying so hard to practice love. 
And somebody that was working with a co-worker started talking about somebody that I do not like. And I said, Lord, come on, Lord. You know I don't like this person. You know that nothing that's going to come out of my mouth is going to be positive and loving about this person. Because I despise this person. This person is arrogant, self-serving. And Lord says, no, I want you to love that person. Oh, come on, Lord. I can love this person, and I can love this person, and I can love this person, and I can love this person. But God, you're asking me to love this person who is a competitor with me. God, you know how competitive I am. And God says, do you love me? Yes, Lord. Do you want to obey me? Yes, Lord, because I know it's in my best interest. Have I commanded you to love others? Yes, Lord, you've commanded me to love others. And so I want you to love this person. Oh, God. Really? In fact, one of my co-workers has a sign that he has put up in the office that we share, and he talks about the fact that the adjectives that come out of our mouths show us who we really, truly are. And I see that sign on a daily basis. The adjectives that come out of our mouth, think about that, the adjectives that come out of our mouth truly say who we are. Oh, man. I may not say those adjectives about people, but I am certainly thinking those adjectives about people. And God says, is that who you truly are? And I would say, well, no, God, but I am kind of truly that person because I'm thinking those things. I don't like that person, and yet you want me to love them. And God says, yes, I want you to love them because that is the story that I have for you is to embrace that love, to be sincere about it. And within my own individual life, God tells me to, to hate what is evil. And if I'm not loving the people the way that God want, wants me to love them, that's, that's not right. That is truly wrong. That is truly evil. And I'm supposed to say, I need to change that. I need to be who God wants me to be. Because that is the good that God wants to place in your life and in my life. And God wants us to hang on to what is good. The scriptures tell us to cling to what is good. And I can't think of anything better for you and I than to understand as we cling to what is good that it is to love one another and to do so out of devotion because we want to. We do so because we want to honor each other above ourselves. We want to respect each other above ourselves. But that is hard. Because we go through a process and we have certain attitudes and actions and when things are not working out the way that we want them to, we feel, Lord, you know what? There's going to be a sense of loss here. and Lord, I just don't want I don't know if I can handle that. I don't know if I can grieve right now. I don't want to experience that loss about something I've been hanging on to so long in my life. And Lord, right now I am in denial. I do the right things that you want me to do. I pray. I read scripture. 
God, I even lead a chapel service on Sunday morning. Come on, I'm doing all the right things. God says, no, 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 no. You can do all those things, but have not the Spirit of God in your life. And the way that we honor each other, the way that we honor God, is to allow the Holy Spirit to be in our lives. And as we've gone through the step process of pouring ourselves out and truly understanding God, replace all those things about me and to fill it with your love. Because it is then and only then can we have the spiritual zeal that God wants us to have. The spiritual fervor, not out of arrogance, not out of self-righteousness, but that of service. Service to each other. And when we do that, God puts together that plan for us, and it is in that hope that we have the joy that God wants us to have, the patience that God wants us to have when we are hurting when we are grieving, when we are having that sense of loss. Because then we see and we act upon it and we go faithfully to God in prayer because there is nothing else that we can do about it. And we surrender the way that we should. God, I give up. I surrender all. And then we see within our own lives the hope that God has given us. And that hope is the plan. Because we see God working in our lives. We see God working in other people's lives. And all of a sudden, our adjectives begin to change about other people. Not the people that we love, not the people that we like, but the people that we don't love and the people that we don't like. And we say, God, I want the best for that person. And yeah, God, it hurts me. Just by me even thinking it, by me even saying those words, Lord, there's that sense of loss because there's going to be a part of me that I have to let go of and surrender in love, in compassion, in charity because God that's what you want me to do and then we see through the hope and the plan of God in your life and in my life something very special and it is called the Spirit of God the Holy Spirit working in your life and working in my life and we're saying God why didn't I think about this before? And when I asked that question of myself, the response I get back was, because I was not ready to hear it. I was not ready to understand it. And I'm thinking, Lord, I, I should have been thinking this way 20 years ago. God says, no, 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 don't, 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 don't go there. Don't think that way. You can't change what happened 20 years ago. You can only go forward with today. And the hope and the plan that I have given you. 
and the hope and the plan that he has given you. Because that is the story. The story of your life and my, my life, it's an ongoing process. Because a new chapter is being written in your life every day going forward. God doesn't care about the chapters in the past. So we shouldn't care about the chapters in the past. To learn from them, yes. But not to even go back there. Because God wants us in the present and God wants us going forward to write the new chapters. The chapters that honor God. The chapters that show that the presence of the Holy Spirit it is in our lives and we are doing those things that we can do to put it in place. And it is an ongoing process. So it is my hope and prayer that we ponder and we think about the hope that we have in Christ, the plan that God has for us, for His will in our lives, and the two should match together. Because the hope that we have should be based on the plan that we have. And the plan that we have should be based on the hope that we have in Christ Jesus with the Holy Spirit working in our lives. Amen. Please take a few moments and prepare your hearts as we share together communion based on this one premise and one premise only, that we have accepted Christ individually as our own personal Savior. And how you have done that is between you and God. And you are welcome to take communion with us and share the Lord's table. Let us pray. Our gracious God, we are so thankful that you have reminded us, Lord, that you have hope for each and every one of us, and that hope includes a plan that is your will. And Lord, I would just ask that you remind us each day to walk closer to you, to take those adjectives that we say about other people and replace them with the adjectives that express your love for them. Because that's how you want it to be. And God, we just confess those things right now that have not been your will, the hope that we have placed in ourselves, the plans that we've placed in ourselves and not in you. Because God, we want the Holy Spirit to be working in our lives. Thank you, God, for this communion that we have and blessing us in Christ's name. Amen.
received from the Lord, what I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this and remember to me. Let us partake together. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us partake together. Our closing hymn is number 209. We have a story to tell to the nations. that you've given us this wonderful time to be together, to worship you. And Lord, help us with our own individual stories. 
Because, God, we want to love the way that you want us to love. Because we know it gives us the hope, and we know that it is part of the plan that you have for our lives to do that. Help us, God, we pray. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding be with you now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for coming. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.